it's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. You'd think with all we've lost that defeat would break us. But the only reason we're here is we refuse to die in the first place. We're as persistent as the cold, forever trapped beneath the ice. We keep our eyes on the floor, dig our nails in, and prepare to brace. panelers welcome back to the show i'm mark and i'm steve and, and mark i can't believe that neither one of us last week i was re-listening to the podcast from last week and i can't believe neither one of us even mentioned the fact that jennifer Connolly was revealed to be mr wilford in that first episode i when i watched the the recap of uh, the previously on and uh, the guy was like uh, the trainee's yours mr wilford and he walked out and i was like crap we didn't say anything about the yeah, fact that, that we, we have this that. big reveal <laughs> that uh, that melanie cable is actually mr wilford and obviously she's must be some sort of descendant uh, descendant she must be like a you know a kid or something like that of his so i think it's going to be interesting going forward if we if we're going to get any of that uh, that kind of backstory and also i noticed it, i had i thought about it last week but i didn't say it was that when you know when they did that little attack on the train car Layton's girlfriend she was the only one that was actually wearing a mask and so that's why she wasn't identified by the the brakeman you know obviously they got the guys who kidnapped yeah, the, the the one the one, but they didn't know anybody. They didn't go after anybody else, and and I realized she was wearing like a mask over her, like her scarf up over her face. So I thought that was kind of interesting that uh, she was the only one doing that. So yeah, that is very interesting. I wonder if that's going to come in later. In yeah, season, again, you know? that's one of those things that just kind of I just kind of quickly noticed it. To, okay, so they didn't get everybody who was involved in in the fight, you know? So. No, they didn't. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the whole Mr. Wolford thing. I was like, we didn't even bring that up at all. I was like, that's just weird. So yeah, I, so I, I hope I, you know. I don't know if we're gonna get some more backstory on that, or I hope, kind of hope we do. We'll see. Cool. Yeah, and we should uh, talk about the episode. Do you want to give the synopsis? Absolutely. So this was episode two, which was entitled "Prepare to Brace." And the synopsis that IMDb gives us is Leighton uses his new position as train detective to investigate the murder while gathering intel for the revolution on the side. Melanie faces a resource crisis with potentially drastic consequences for the entire train. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, really cool. You know, I I, uh, I enjoyed this is actually my was like my would have been like three times watching the, this episode now since I watched it initially you know, two, three weeks ago, and then watched it again for, watched it twice here for the podcast. So I really, uh, really enjoyed it, and uh, I'm excited to talk about this one. Yeah, it's, this was a little bit more intense in comparison to the original pilot or the the first episode, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. There was a lot going on that, you know, if you kind of look down and look back up, you're like, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> this whole, you know, it's like, yeah, oh no, what I miss? <laughs> it's moving, it's moving at a fast pace, and I'm excited to, to watch the third episode 
and and just be completely fresh uh, with it. And we'll both be uh, kind of see how that goes. So. Oh, definitely. So I think we should get into our top fives. Absolutely. Good evening, passengers. Be advised, track conditions will deteriorate over the next 24 hours. I'll go first. Sure. I just thought it was really gruesome that that whole taking of the mother's arm. You know, they with. But it's interesting to me that they have a. Why do they have a window on there? That's that's the perfect size for an arm to go through on the train. Like, why was it was it built afterward? Was it maybe used to? I don't know. It was just a weird kind of thing to have on this train car. This this kind of double window, you know where where they can stick her arm through and then they put water on her arm and I wasn't sure why they why they did that I don't know if maybe that made it more painful or if you know uh what that had to do with it but uh, then mm. it was just yeah like I said it was just gruesome when they'd smash it with the sledgehammer yeah and uh, you know it was nice they had the stuff to sew it up once it thawed I I guess is what they would have had to do and had to be super painful and even the woman, you know, describing it to Melanie, saying, yes, the taking of the arm was very easy. It came off very, you know, it was just really just, yeah, it's just <laughs> definitely an efficient way, I guess, yeah. to uh, to punish. But, man, it had to be painful. Oh, definitely. Uh, that would be not my number five as well. Yeah, the punishment was gruesome. It was hard to watch. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I have to agree. I started thinking about why did they have to use water? Was it to be cleaned due to the infection? I highly doubt it. Or was it just so that the ice would build up faster on the arm so mm. that way it could freeze instantaneously so it's not such a long wait for it to completely freeze, even though they're, what, below zero yes, by 100, 100? Yeah, 117 degrees below zero. Yeah, so you would think with the speeds that they're going, they're actually, you know, and God forbid if they hit a tree on the side and an arm was there. I didn't even too. think about that. If the <laughs> arm was out there when the tree, how would that, oh, yeah, when they hit something like that. that yeah, it just was a oof, really rough, rough kind of punishment. But, but you know. uh, yeah, and it's that Negan kind of discipline within the train cars to keep these people at bay, you know, like mm -hmm. Negan from The Walking Dead would burn people with a, an iron on their face to mm -hmm. mutilate them. And to use it as a way to pinpoint these people. And I think that's what they're doing within their little government, as it were, to put people in their place. And it's disturbing. But I, I think they probably did that over the course of what it's been like six years now that they've been on that train. Yeah. So modifications probably came into effect probably within the first two years. And we've already heard oh. some things that have happened with like mutinies and cannibalism and everything else that goes on within that train. Okay, so I, I see what you're saying is they, that that modification to to be able to to do that was maybe done after they like the engineers came back and said here's how we're going to deal with that. Okay, that would make sense then that you know unless the hole was used to like load to put hoses through maybe i don't know but I, you could be right it's probably a, that's probably a better explanation is that they put the little window in afterward to to use it as a punishment kind of yes yeah yeah, yeah. that makes sense 
Um, so my number four is just, I, I thought it was, again, it's one of those interesting things that we're getting little glimpses of how the train kind of runs and the fact that the speed of the train is what provides them with electricity. I thought that was really, really cool. That thought and, you know, the, the, uh, the pilot guy wants to reduce by 25% and she's like, no, how about 10%? And he's like, no, can you do at least 12%? And she's like, okay, I'll see if I can get you 12%. And then later, after that window shatters, and the one engineer wants her to slow down, and she says, well, what if I slow down by 10%? And he says, no, no, I need at least this much. And she goes, no, I can give you 12%. And so it was just really interesting the way Melanie kind of played with the the different the different things of, of how to slow the train down and, and these rolling blackouts. And she's like, you know, the, the back... Second class and third class get 15 minutes of water and the tail gets no water until we're through this. And so, yeah, all that kind of stuff was really, really cool. And then I thought it was interesting that the Russian, the I think he was Russian, it, sound, the, the, it sounded Russian, his, his accent, that he mentions the fact that Melanie has been working hospitality for Mr. Wilford like the entire time of the train. And then all of a sudden she's in this position of power. And so I wonder... And I have this later in my notes as well. I wonder if people are starting to suspect, suspect something. Because I think even Leighton is starting to suspect that she's got more power than than what she's let on. That she's not just a servant. She's not just hospitality. Oh, yeah. Like, she's in charge. Yeah. 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 So. She she's part of the corporation as they mm-hmm. call it, like yeah. in aliens, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's just not Waylon Yutani. Yeah, my number four, that would be the intro graphics as a, a graph of the train. Now, I wonder if this is going to be used at some point with every episode as they change it per episode, you know? Hmm. It's it's an interesting effect because they were showing things within the cars, but there are so many cars on this train, so they could Thousand probably... Thousand and one, yeah. Yeah, so they could go on and on and on with this. It's it's interesting that you bring that up because since I'm watching it on my DVR, they, I'm fast-forwarding through the commercials, but there is a website out there, and it's pretty cool. I looked at it a little bit called Wilford Industries. I think it's WilfordIndustries.com. Just Wilford Industries, all one word. And they've actually set it up there where you can flip through and look at some of the cars that they've already shown us. They have a few cars where they have, like, artist depictions of what the car might look like mm-hmm. and and it goes all the way from car from like one to 1001 and like there's some of them that are grayed out and locked that you can't look at and uh, so i i, I want to bring that up because if people are, are interested in seeing a little bit more of what the train looks like that wilfordindustries.com you can uh, you can look there hmm. cool yeah uh, so my number three was the the whole night scene, night car scene where they where he goes in there and Miss Audrey is you know she's singing her song, and uh, I didn't look up. I, maybe you know this because you know music. Was that a an original song for the show, or do you think that's was a cover? I, I tried looking it up, and I didn't really get any much information. The song is called "Say It Ain't So," okay, and it does sound familiar to me. But uh, it was sung by Lena Hall, who plays okay. Miss Audrey on the show. Okay. And you can actually find it on YouTube as well as other formats. Uh, not Like I said, not sure of the original song. Is it the one where it's like, it 
like the what, what was that Christmas song? Say it ain't so. Uh, yeah, like, it sounds familiar, but it but like different words maybe, or or I know what you're saying. Like it it, it had that touch of familiarity, but mm-hmm. I, I couldn't I didn't couldn't place it. So it'd be interesting if we if we can find that out. But I, I love the fact that we get this Leighton really kind of being a cop, and he's he's finding out about the first murder suspect, this Nikki girl who's in who they were trying to get, wake up from the 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 drawers, and. You know, he finds out that she was in locked in one of these rooms, and when they came to get her, they found the body, and she looked like she had been drugged, and so she kind of got railroaded, pun intended there, uh, <laughs> into into being declared found guilty yeah. um, of this crime. And I love that Leighton, this is where I started to suspect that Leighton thinks there's more to Melanie Cable's role than what she's letting on, because he kind of asks... You know what was her role back then, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the Miss Audrey kind of says, "Hmm, that's the question, isn't it?" Or something, something like that. You know, to yeah. that effect, that where she doesn't really want to say, and uh, so it's really, really cool. And you know, I, I love that we get a couple of glimpses of uh, just <laughs> then you know, with the whole thing of he's with his ex, and uh, they have sex in there, and then when the brakeman knocks on the door. I think her name is the character name is Bess. She knocks on the door and she sees him <laughs> kind of getting dressed and she's like, Hmm, that's not what my night car experience was like, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I thought that was, that was really, really cool. Uh, that just that whole scene, everything of, of him finding out and, and it really is becoming an investigation of ways of where they're questioning suspects. They're talking to people. Uh, they're doing what they can to find evidence. You know, uh, they question that guy with the noodles, and uh, and stuff. So yeah, he was fed well, though. If you think yeah. about it, with those noodles, <laughs> <laughs> look good. He they said look they were good. the best. They said they were the best beef noodles, but I don't know if it was beef. <laughs> I don't think it was beef, unless there was rats that they used from. I don't know. Yeah, I know that's that. That was kind of the questionable thing of the episode was was even when they find those limbs, Leighton just kind of jumps to the fact that. You know, you think that's beef you're eating in those noodles, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's these body parts. And there's like it's like they don't even question it. Best doesn't even doesn't even, you know, kind of wink or, or bat an eyelash when he says that he thinks she's eating human body parts. So. Mm, yeah. And they actually bring up the idea of cannibalism later on, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's some discussions about it. Uh, that would lead me to my number four. Number four. Or number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. Yeah. Yeah, that would be Melanie's uh, deflection with the people in first class, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's going in, she's talking to everybody, and, you know, it, it just being the politician on the train and making it clear to that everyone is basically a suspect, which wheels out those people in first class, too. And even first class could be, you know, the ones that would be part of this homicide. Mm-hmm. And she's protecting Andre and giving him some sort of confidence within the conversation with all these people as well, defending him in some mm-hmm. respect. Yeah, yeah. I, and I actually had a little bit about this in my notes as well because I, I realized and I, I heard it the first time 
in the first episode, but she says it again, I think, in the second episode where she calls them the Folger family, and then she try, she's giving them coffee. And mm-hmm. I wonder if this is supposed to be a reference to... To Folger's you know, crystals? Yeah, the Folger's <laughs> coffee, the Folger's <laughs> coffee empire kind of kind of thing. That that's, that's how rich these people are that are in first class, is that they're this... This yeah. these big coffee company. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Just to, that I went, oh yeah, Folgers is a coffee um, <laughs> kind of thing. I'm sure they do more than just coffee, but but yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, if they were Keurig, we would know right off the hand. But <laughs> yeah. uh, if you know, everybody else, it's like they're not of our age. And what's what's Folgers? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Some people might not. Well, I mean, it's still Folgers coffee is still out there on the on, yeah, there's on the not shelves. As many, yeah, there's not as many commercials for them, but they're definitely out there still. That is um, true. So my number two is just I want to talk a little bit more about this this woman Nikki, the one who was who was convicted of this this first murder. They're trying to wake her up, and we you know as she's waking up, she's talking about the night car, and that's how why Leighton asks to go there. And I thought again that was interesting that Leighton he makes a comment when they go into the night car. He makes a comment about you know oh I always wondered what they do up here, and so I wonder how. If, if Melanie or Bess or if they realize that the tale is getting intelligence about these first class cars, mm-hmm. because how would he even know the night car existed? I'm know? thinking they, they threw people to the tail as they started doing bad things. Like mm, if they didn't have okay. prestige anymore and they would just say, that could be, you're yeah. going back there. Why? Yeah. And mm. that's what, that's what came to my mind. I'm like, Oh, how did they get all this information? Usually it's because if somebody did wrong in let's say first class, they got demoted to every car. Right. And, and they, they finally would... ended up in the tail. Exactly. Hmm. Could be, could be, but I did, I did think it was interesting. I thought it was one of those things that, that as they're loading these guys at the beginning into the drawers, they talk about don't lose your spark. And I'm assuming they're talking about like the soul or your life force or, or whatever, because this woman, you know, they're having so much problems bringing her out of the sleep that uh, the one woman talks about, well, maybe we should suspend or the attendant or one of them says something about maybe we should suspend this experiment altogether. And I'm like, wonder what that means. Wonder how many people they have in the drawers right now, you know? Yeah. And, you know, again, we get that uh, uh, that attendant doctor guy uh, and the Asian woman. They're talking about all the different vital signs and what's happening with her and all that stuff. So I really like that that quick scene we got. And I think if I saw the previous the next the previews for the next episode, I think we're going to get some more about Nikki in the next episode as well. So it's going to be interesting to find out about her. Oh, definitely. I'm sure that's going to be something to be brought up, if not next episode, then following yeah, because you you know how certain shows happen. It's like they'll they'll top on this particular character, and we don't see them for an episode, and then they just they jump onto it like the following one after that because they yeah. had to do another side story. My number two would be the talk about the kill colds mm. and how cannibalism was once a thing on the train itself in the rear end. I always thought about that when food comes short for people that are pretty much cut off. And mm-hmm. we kind of got that hint or that weird thing with the rats and mm-hmm. with what you were saying before when we, you know, it's like, you know, him questioning or looking at the meat and where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And we and they mentioned that, you know, that was a thing on the actual train. So I'm wondering how, like, did they, you know, within the six years, did they procreate and gather more people at this point over the course of that time? And 
you know, they what they put these people in cold storage. Yeah, and- that's it's that's interesting you bring it up because I had it kind of in my notes about this whole killer cult thing. And, you know, Layton talks to Melanie about that. And he says that they all got together and they killed the leader of this killer cult. And then they ate his heart and everybody who was involved in it took like ate a part of his heart. And but he implies that they've kind of done away with cannibalism in the tale, that they don't do it anymore. And but there are people in first class, second class, third class, maybe that are still eating people like he was talking about the, yeah. the lamb is being used. And, uh, you know, it just it, like I said, the, he, he gives this implication that they don't do it anymore. But yet, if you listen to the voiceover at the very beginning of the episode, when the uh, uh, when his girlfriend is kind of talking, is thinking about what they're going to do when they take over first class, she's talking about eating those rich people. And and so it's it's it, it is interesting that you bring that up because, you know, where are they at as far as the cannibalism goes? Have they really gotten rid of it completely, or is it still something that that happens? Uh, it's probably something that still happens, but it's taboo to talk about. Mm, <laughs> Very be, much like yeah. in The Walking Dead, you know, at that point we had Terminus and they had yeah, uh, yeah. people eating people there. Well, like in the even in the movie, that's one of the things I do remember from the Snowpiercer movie is they talk they they wouldn't talk about it until. You know, until the very end when you have Chris Evans just confessing all the stuff that they had done and and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that brings us to my number one. Yes. Um, that last scene there with Leighton and Melanie after after he's been beaten up by the cops and she's talking to him about order and about how they only survive if, if Mr. Wilford, you know, Mr. Wilford, what does she say? He He's awake 21 hours a, a day to make sure everybody, everything runs smoothly, that he, that she, that he maintains order and but that's the only way they survive is by maintaining order and that it's Mr. Wilford and she, even she says it's not God it's not this it's not that it's Mr. Wilford and this whole idea of you know later earlier you know another part of the episode they talk about well we have to bolster faith I think they have this one of my quotes that we have we have to bolster faith in Mr. Wilford that they really want people to believe that there's this this man who's running the running the train and he's actually in charge of the even though there's these committees and there's these, you know, some semblance of government. It's really Mr. Wolford is the guy in charge. Oh, definitely. And it makes you think that Melanie is the representation mm-hmm. of Mr. Wolford because it just might be a title for all we know with mm-hmm. her. Mm. You know, you know, what I'm thinking. Yeah, no, I think I think they really they don't want people to know. But like I said, I think people and this is again, I had this in kind of in my notes is I wonder how many people really know that she's actually Mr. Wilford because we definitely know those two other guys in the, the, um, the engine car, you know, they know because they've called her, they've said that to her. It's, it's possible. The Asian woman probably knows. I would think she seems like she's close confidant kind of thing. And so it really made me wonder how many people actually know that there isn't a Mr. Wilford that, that, uh, so, but yeah. I'm sure that's something that the show will reveal to us along the way. Definitely. And my number one, well, that would be Andre's tracking of the train uh, and and steps with the cloth. He He's put in the cell, and he rips off a piece of his shirt to pretty much draw out the, uh, the cars as they are mm-hmm. uh, as almost like a map. 
Yeah. And yeah. then he uses that marker again and draws some sort of symbol, like an arrow or something, where the other inmate or whatever mm-hmm. sees and causes a distraction, and that's what where he's yeah. able to uh, attack or something. Well, that's, that's what I, I kind of figured out when my second watch, as I was watching, I realized that those sanitation workers are tailies. Those are people from the tail that are unticketed, that, that they're bringing them for, and they're in these jumpsuits to say sanitation on them. So obviously what they probably do is they probably do the same thing every time like they did with Layton's. They clean them up, put them in their, their sanitation jumpsuits, and then you heard the guards telling them, eyes down, you know, look at the floor, don't look at anything. So that's why he's able to put those symbols on the floor to kind of point them to where he's left the message because he knows they're going to be looking down at the floor. And so I thought it was really cool how he how he breaks out of the cell and then distracts the guards, like you said, so that these guys and we don't know. I guess we'll find out in the next episode if the guy was actually able to reach the piece of cloth or not, because we could see him barely almost able to reach it and then not. And then we didn't actually see him grab it. So that'll be interesting to see in the next episode whether they got that message or not. And so they start to realize that maybe Layton really is trying to help him. Mm, definitely. Uh, so we got a few quotes here before we get into notes. Yes. You could start us off. Okay. Uh, I just like that. I just, I laughed every time I heard it when, when Andre and, and Bess come back together in, at the beginning of the episode. And he's like, how are you feeling this morning, Brakeman? <laughs> you know, because uh, he knows she's got all those bruises. She's got those cuts on her and stuff. And she just kind of looks at him and glares. Uh, you know, but still, there's this grudging, maybe not grudging, but there's this respect that's being built between them, I think. Yes. Where she yeah. really realizes that she can learn from him. And and she's starting and like he's asking her questions and like when they're looking at the body, he's like, well, what do you see? You know, what is that? What do you think that indicates? And so she's he's he's really starting to train her as a detective. And I thought that was a really cool. It's it's going to be cool to see how this progresses between the two of them, because, you know, like she she kind of helps out when those those guys are, are bumping into him and, and telling him, you know, go back to the tail and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I think she's going to be a a key aspect mm-hmm. of the show, and it would be a good cop bad cop kind of scenario. <laughs> but that's just my that's just my thought of it, you know. Yeah, but it, it's yeah. great that they actually do have a female lead that is somewhat in charge, and yeah. him being the one that is, uh, you know, it's it's strange to you know, say it's like yeah, well he's the prisoner, but I don't think at a certain point within the show, I don't think he's going to be the prisoner. I think he's going to be kind of leading the show at certain points. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. It's 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 going to be interesting. Well, my quote would be uh, the uh, I think that it was one of the conductors at the front where uh, Melanie shows up. No, and... I think it was that Folger family. I think they're the ones who are asking the question. Oh no, you're right. It was one of the conductors. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it was, and it he was goes. Those... Yeah, he says, "How's your murder in third? And Melanie just turns around and says, "There's two murders, an uprising in the tale." And drama on the first, where they think there is a mob at the do- yeah. at their door. Uh, the issues with the train as a society is basically a society breaking down in groups. Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting uh, interesting take on that whole that whole societal uh, look. But everything just within this compartmentalized train, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. it's just wild, and the fact that she just breaks it down in in those words alone. Yeah. Yeah, it shows also again that she's she's really she's overseeing everything that's going on. You know, oh, definitely. She's not just uh, it's just like when they go into that that uh, cattle car that's been broken and they come out and the engineer is like, "What are you doing here?" 
you know, you're just hospitality. And yeah. he's like, well, Mr. Wilford wanted her to set, wanted her to see the damage himself. So, yeah. Um, so my next one is just the fact that I, I love when Melanie is kind of feeling the walls and she can tell from the vibration, this is how in tune she is with the train that she can tell by the, the vibration of the wall that something's coming, that the avalanche is coming. She just yells out brace uh, in that just loud voice. And, and whoever is, you know, controlling that, that emergency kind of beacon or whatever, hears her and, and lets people know, you know, brace. So that was really, really cool. Cause I didn't notice it in the first couple of watches, but I definitely, in this last watch, I saw her with her hand against the wall and she's just feeling it. And you can see her arm trembling. You can see the wall kind of moving. And then she shouts out brace. And I thought that was really cool. Which kind of makes me believe even more what you were saying that she might've been a descendant of the guy who created the train. Mm-hmm. For sure. And knows, and probably as a kid, when he was creating it, brought her on, and she knows these things. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah, that that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that. And, you know, I, I just like the aspect of it completely, that there's a lot of history there that we still have to dive into within the show itself. My next quote would be uh, Andre saying, I often wondered what you did here in the club car, yeah. <laughs> and that's to the liaison. And then she she then states, you know, we create epiphanies, sir. Yeah. Yeah, it was great to see this kind of, you know, they're not really counselors. They're not, they're not whores. They're really there to, to try to help people, you know, maintain their emotional and mental stability in however that, you know, through meditation or, or whatever that... Uh, so I, uh, my next one, and I've got a, a few more here that I just loved. Uh, I loved when, when they had that interplay between Leighton and Bess there at the beginning, and Rash kind of puts his hand on each of their shoulders, and he's like, you two are going to have a great day. And then he just kind of walks away from them. And then, you know, when she's telling him to just pin the murder on this person, on the butchers, so he can get his his spot in the third-class car, and he says, first off, I want I don't want third-class. I want to go back to the tail. And second off, Guess I'm still a cop after all. I really, again, I just love <laughs> that he's 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 really recognizing that you know I'm still a cop. You're getting in just like you said. I don't I don't think he is going to go back to the tail. I I think he's going to get the bug of being the train detective, you know. And if this murder investigation lasts the whole first season, you know, we might not know until the end. But but yeah, yeah. I uh, it's yeah it's. It's going to be an ongoing thing, and they have multiple seasons, I think, out of this. Yeah, uh, and I love when, when Leighton's girlfriend is talking to Miles. Uh, he's been chosen, you know, to go forward, and she asks him, you know, what he remembers about his mom, and he goes, I remember that she smelled good, but he says, I only remember the train. You're my tail mom. I just thought that was really touching when he says, you're my tail mom. Uh, so, really, really like that. Um, We've got some notes here. I think talked about some of this yeah. oh um i thought it was really interesting you were talking about the whole interplay there in the first class cabin when melanie is is trying to put out the fires and talking to the different different people there that she says about the gravol drug and i'm assuming this must be some sort of pill or something that they take to help them maintain kind of their train legs because you know that's it's hard to walk on a train it's hard because it's it's constantly moving it's shimmying and so there must be some sort of drug that they give people to kind of help them you know yeah dramamine yeah something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't do that in new york city though on the subway cars yeah <laughs> i know that from experience 
because uh, I've seen people get sick that were on Dramamine. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. For me, it usually just makes me sleepy. Yeah, it does. When I take it. So, uh, and I love that he had that little memory of him and his fiance there meeting in the park, and then showing them in bed together, and him proposing to her. I thought that was really really cool, and I wonder if we're gonna get whether they. I think he did did call her his ex wife, so they must have gotten married actually officially officially married sometime before the freeze and before they got onto the train there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you had a couple? I had I already stated mine, the saying so. Right. Say right. it ain't so. And then, you know, you already mentioned about him, you know, it was nice to see Andre get some <laughs> nookie on the show though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at least that that car's being used for something, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's see, there's <laughs> I got a couple more here that we haven't talked about already. Uh, I thought it was really interesting when the doctor revealed that she was a navy doctor who had signed on. She was only gonna serve on Wilford's train for a year and then the freeze happened. So I wonder if this train actually was was already rolling before the world froze or if it was if it was maybe had done one revolution or had done, you know, had moved around a little bit before the freeze happened. So it's, it's, it's her, her, her whole backstory. I think she said Afghanistan actually was where she was was a was a doctor for the Navy. Um, and then I just like the, the fact the notary is mentioned uh, again this time by the butchers, you know, that they tell her. They tell Bess and, and Layton to go go get the notary, and then we'll let you in. And I thought it was just it's I'm laughing because I I wonder if we're ever going to see who this person is because I like I I live in Oklahoma I'm a notary in fact just this morning I had to go uh, one of my coworkers was selling a car and I went and met him this morning so I could notarize the title for them and so it's it's just cool every time I hear them say go get the notary or or they talk about the notary. Hmm. Cool. And that was it. That's all you had. That's it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've talked about everything else. We talked about the, using the tailies as sanitation. We talked about uh, Melanie and bolstering faith and how many people know uh, that she's she's kind of the, you know, Mr. Wilford guy. Uh, no feedback this week? No. Nope. Eh, nah. Laura must not. Maybe she's not a TNT fan, I guess. Oh, <laughs> I, I I haven't heard from Laura in a while, so yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure she's busy doing her own thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But if there are listeners out there, please do send in your responses or comments and our Facebook page at the comments below every time we post what we're doing. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching this third episode. I'll probably do it uh, tonight uh, just so I can get my first watch in of it and then uh, see where we go. But I'm, uh, I just, uh, I'm really, I really do enjoy this show. It's really got me excited and, and I like the way it's going and I hope it keeps going well. Yeah, I same here. Uh, you know, I, I needed to watch this episode twice. I already said it because there's so much going on within this racing locomotive train that's going around in yeah. this cold. And there's so much drama and so much to take in. But it's still a great show to watch because you know that there's so much more story within that train itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... With Comic Talk, the only thing I have a, a few things actually. Mm-hmm. So basically, Diamond Direct has severed their ties with DC Comics, and all the comic shops right now hmm. are trying to get their DC Comics from DC directly now. Hmm. Which why? Is, was there any reason why they did? I didn't see anything hmm. where the specifics based upon it. It had must have had to do with everything with yeah. the uh, the whole coronavirus and everything that was going on. So. Yeah. Hmm. Well, at least on good news, you know, we have 
PS5's coming out, and they launched it, and they showed the first game that they're going to launch with it, which would be uh, a Spider-Man game, which is amazing, because the, the last Spider-Man game that came out for PS4 was really cool. But this one's centralized around Miles Morales. Oh, cool. So, and there's talks that, you know, with this, that it might be hinting that a Miles Morales Spider-Man movie might be coming out of it. And in a sense of like prepping us for it, which would be really cool and really great because we already had Into the Spider-Verse, which, you know, which was an animation style movie. Mm -hmm. But the fact that, you know, we, you know, now we could actually have that Miles Morales character in the show or in the MCU or the Sony MCU or whatever they're calling it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) A little bit of extra news. Uh, Batwoman lost Ruby Rose, as we all know, which is sad because I really enjoyed her as the character of Batwoman and Kate Kane. But the next Batwoman, according to sources, will be a new one. It's not going to be anybody like claiming or just they're going to reprise the character with somebody else taking that mantle. They're just basically going to, they're not going to replace uh, Ruby Rose's Kate Kane. They're just going to have her segue off and then a new oh, Batwoman. I, I see what you're saying. It's gonna yeah. be a different it's gonna be a different person altogether. A different oh, character. Big different, time. Okay. They're not gonna just they're not gonna just swap out actresses and keep the same character. I hmm. think that would be in bad taste completely. And hmm. if they if they did that, but my feeling is is that if they just replace the actual Batwoman with a new one and create a story based upon how they take up the mantle and then ex- gives kind of a brief synopsis as to why, you know, K. Kane dropped out of being Batwoman. Yeah. That would be good, mm. too. Yeah, we'll see. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, you have a couple of podcast recommendations? I do. I've been listening to, uh, you. I think you recommended this to me the first yeah. time, was Inside of, Inside, of, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. I, I don't listen to all of them. I just pick the actors that I kind of like and then uh, and then listen to the interviews he does with them. It's really, really great. I just listened to the Justin Long episode this week. And then uh, you you were going to talk about Strange Indeed. But Derek from TV Podcast Industries, which is which is a, uh, an, a gosh, it's uh, we talk about it almost every week. I send them voicemails. Uh, but D, uh, Derek from TV Podcast Industries is going to be with Rima this week doing the Black Mirror Season 2, Episode 1, Be Right Back. And I believe they are recording that, well, whenever, they, it won't be a spoiler. They're, I think they're recording that tomorrow is what I was told, and so I sent them in a voicemail for it. So. Oh, cool. I don't know how, I know she's going to, she's only releasing them like every couple of weeks, but I guess schedule-wise, they had to go ahead and get it done. And then House Podcastica, I just messaged with them this afternoon. They're going to be doing, they're going to, uh, review season one of Cobra Kai and in prepping for that they're going to record about the original Karate Kid movie so that's next on House Podcastica is the Karate Kid and then Cobra Kai those are both that's on Podcastica Network yeah I definitely recommend that too I loved Cobra Kai and I recommend that to any of you guys who are listeners that loved Karate Kid and loved Daniel LaRusso and yeah I ordered the discs I should get them tomorrow so. Oh, you got the discs? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I went ahead and just ordered them because I don't want to. I don't want to pay YouTube for one show, and I don't want to just take it and then drop it. That's not my style. They're actually so. looking to shop that show now. Yeah, that's what I heard. But like I said, they're only doing season one right now, and so I just went ahead and ordered the 
the discs for it. And if season two, whenever season two comes out. I'll, oh, I'll definitely. Try, try yeah. They're it, so. really, really good. I, I highly recommend them. It's, it kind of played off back in a day where people used to have that uh, idea of, was it Billy uh, is the bad guy? Uh, I yeah. know it's Billy Zapka, but I, I forget who he plays. And, oh uh, yeah. The character name. Is, yeah. Uh, Lawrence. No, that's, that's, yeah, Mr. Lawrence, right? Because Daniel LaRusso is, is why is the actor's name escaping me? Yeah, I know. Well, it's Billy Zapka, and then you have Ralph right. Macchio. Right, Ralph Macchio played Daniel LaRusso as the Karate Kid, and the other guy was Mr. Lawrence. I don't remember what his first name was. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It might have been Billy. I just remember because there, there's that whole scene when Martin Cove tells him to sweep the leg, and yep. he says, do you have a problem with that, Mr. Lawrence? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's so, all yeah. we remember, right? <laughs> I think it was Billy. I think his first name is Billy, though. I think oh, it's okay. Billy Lawrence, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, there there was that whole thought of Billy being. Yeah, I saw the like, whole YouTube like the video. good guy. Yeah, there's and, a whole YouTube video and, about that Daniel Rooster was really the bully in the situation. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. That yeah. except for the the scene at the beginning, you know, the beach scene where mm-hmm. he kind of throws the the radio down. Other than that, really, it's it's Daniel Russo that instigates everything else. Uh, with the, <laughs> I've, I've seen that. I've seen that YouTube video. And then, of course, I, I guess they talk about the fact that that kick at the end was supposedly illegal because he did face. He did contact to the face and that wasn't supposed to be. So because they yeah. say that beginning, no facial, no face contact or something like that. But they give it to him with his kick. So Yeah, I, I highly recommend the show. I highly recommend everybody to listen to Jason on House Podcast. Uh, he loves the Karate Kid. I grew up with it just the same as he did. Yeah, me too. I, I gave him a plaque, uh, not a plaque, kind of like almost like a license plate plaque of the Cobra Kai symbol Nice. Year, a couple of years ago. I think we were in Atlanta. And uh, somebody had uh, recently sent him a shirt of Cobra Kai, yeah, which is pretty I saw cool. That. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's he's a huge Karate Kid fan. So yeah. Yeah. listen to it. You'll probably you know if you want something cool to listen to, something that'll bring you back to you when you were a kid and you used to watch Karate Kid, or if you're just you know just getting involved with that now, being you know a, a young person who came who grew up in the two thousands. It's it's a cool thing to watch. So watch the the movies if you got the Karate Kid yeah, available think, to you. I think it holds up. I think the first one holds up. But you know, oh, it's, it does. It's, it's definitely an eighties movie, but it's it's still. I think it holds up as far as the acting and the story and all that. Yeah, so definitely check out those movies. Check out Cobra Kai, the TV show. They only have two seasons so far. Mm-hmm. Third season, the actual third season is being shopped around, so we're not sure if it's going to stay on YouTube. So yeah. check that out with uh, Jason on House Podcastica. My only one at this point would be uh, Strange Indeed with Rima and guests because uh, she is currently working with different guests per week for the podcast for Black Mirror episodes that are favorites of people that she's picking from. And she just had Jason from the Walking Dead cast there, too, yep. as well as House Podcast Guy. Yep. Like I said, the next one's going to have Derek from TV Podcast Industries. So Yeah. Very cool. Well, we'd love to hear from our listeners. We don't we don't get much feedback, but we uh, we would love to hear from you. We are on whatever podcast player of choice you choose to use. Uh, if you can give us a rating there, we would love to have that. Uh, you can check out our website at panels2pixelspodcast.com. But the best way you can interact with us is on Facebook, where we are facebook.com slash panels2pixels. You can also email us if you choose to do so. Panels to Pixels One at gmail.com. That's Panels to Pixels One. The TO is spelled out right there in the middle and the number one at gmail.com. Or you can call us and leave a voicemail, 845 350 
you can also check us out on YouTube. Often these these episodes we release on YouTube first. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe to us, and check it out. Definitely. And where else can you hear us? Uh, I am a co-host on the Walking Dead Talk Through or Brian Malash on Talk Through Media. Whenever and we comes back. <laughs> exactly. Well, hopefully I'm I'm hoping another three weeks, but we review the Walking Dead each week when the show is actually on. So uh, this show, Panels to Pixels, will stay on the Next Level Podcast Network, but there will always be a link for Talk Through Media on our Facebook page for listeners to actually engage and get on there and listen to those podcasts. Or you could listen to us at TalkThroughMedia.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, you know, right now we're currently working on, uh, and I've been saying this for weeks, but I really need to get on it. Uh, it's let's talk through so hopefully we'll get that underway we'll have something for you listeners and as well by that time i'm pretty sure walking dead will be back on in some way shape or form yep we'll see yep and of course i you can hear me right here and i submit feedback to various podcasts and voicemails when i when i can and when they're on but uh, you can always hear me right here on the next level podcast network Definitely. So that was our show this evening. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels, and we will see you on the next panel. Good night. Good night.